1: Starting into- Same to you, brother. What a wild night I had, man. I was bed like, like 10 o'clock, maybe, maybe nine. Did you sleep through the ball drop? Oh, yes. I don't think I watched the ball. I don't know if I ever watched the ball drop. I think I did, with a kid, I watched it. But can you imagine going to to Times Square, putting on an adult diaper because you can't go anywhere, standing in that crowd there, watching a ball drop? Nope. Never done it. Grew up here my whole life. Never, not even once did I ever go to Times
0: Square for New years. No, no, no. And for years, my office was right. My office was in Times Square for years, and I never even just, there's just, just too much of chaos. It's, like you said, you got to get there 5 a.m. You can't leave yeah. your pen. You got to wear a Who depends. Who <laughs> it's,
1: it's like millions of people go to, it's insane. Who would do that? I know like <laughs> even walking through Times square now, like I love the city, but Times squares, a. man, that's a dangerous place. Well, homeless people, the drugs. I don't know if it's that bad, but it is, um, it's just too
0: many people. It's crazy. I, like I said, I worked there every day and like, just going to lunch would take you much longer than if you worked somewhere else, you know, just didn't walk out of the office. Anyway, got any resolutions for 2024? Nope. Hopes, don't believe dreams? in
1: them. Don't do them. Don't do them. Don't believe in them. Nope. Nothing. No, it's, it's silliness. People make these resolutions because it's like one day you're supposed to make a resolution. Just make a resolution every day that you're going to get better. Oh, there you go. I like yeah. it. True grid lifestyle. I don't, I don't make them either. Um, I don't. It's silliness. I never did. Yeah. There's videos up there showing gyms the day after uh, <laughs> And January 1st, just packed with people, right? And then they, I mean, they wear, wear thin and everybody's going.
0: That's how they make their money. They, you know, everybody signs up for the year and then yeah. I go a couple of times in
1: January and I just never go again. I keep paying right. every month. I know. I know. Yeah. Then, how many times have you done that too? You sign up for something and you just forget to like, you only charge you, like $5 a month and you forget to cancel it. Like I was, when I was, I, I was on Survivor, if you know that or not. But, you uh, was? But, wow. Yeah. So to go on, I didn't know about like all the shows. So I, I got the, like a $5 subscription to uh, CBS so you can watch all the shows from the past. And just, because it was only $5 and everybody canceled. So like four years later, I've been, i watched it, and paid $5. Let me ask you yeah. I'm, I'm how many people they do that with. It's just like, they make it. That's how they make their money, subscription, subscription-based
0: subscription yeah. businesses. You know, maybe we should do one of those. That's right too. I have a subscription for the Full Change podcast. You could do, you could, do, you could have, hear Tom Laidlaw singing every, uh, every day. Yeah. impressions, money. dancing. All these multi-talented, uh, multi-talented talents that you have. But no New Year's resolutions, nothing new. You just gotta nope. keep doing you, keep plowing through. You got a little bit of facial
1: hair going on. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting lazy. I got to, it's just, I get shaved. I don't like it. I think if I was shaved right down, I get the little electric razor buzz it down. Um, as we are in, ho- well, we're just finishing the holiday season. We did see you were Santa Claus at the garden, which was yes. pretty cool. Oh, that was a fantastic event. The young boy, uh, that's terrible. I forgot his name. He's got retinitis pigmentosa, I believe it is. And so they, he's like 10 years old now. They say by the time he's 20, he'll. Lose his vision entirely. Oh, so he's part of the Garden of Dreams. Uh, I can ask you how they get to be part of the Garden of Dreams. I think must have to make some application. So the Garden and all on their own didn't ask the family if they needed anything here. Oh, all. Obviously, they knew they were in trouble, not in trouble financially, but needed help financially. Yep. So the uh, they uh, so Garden of Dreams, Masquerade Garden, and the Air Rangers gave him a, a check for $10,000. So they had me come out in the Santa suit uh, and surprise the family. And I guess naive, they I just didn't anticipate how emotional it was going to be. Sure. So when I walked out, they, they, get, they did not know anything was going on. And uh, they were playing, they were doing one of those games, you know, we have to choose one, two, or three. Right. Uh, different options. And uh, so they announced, uh, Adam Graves gets on the screen, big screen at the garden, announced that they're uh, that he was there, what he's going through. And then they had me come out with the Santa suit on. And they were smiling and laughing and having fun. Uh-huh. I'm really excited. So I'm showing the check to the crowd, you know, like I'm supposed to be waving at everybody a little bit. I turn around and look over and the mother and father are crying. Sure. Oh my God. I just said, I had to pull it together because man, it was so emotional. Uh, you know, and again, I was naive and not understanding he was going to be that emotional. Um, so they were, they were pretty surprised. Uh, a great job in the garden. This young girl, um, Allie Roglin, I think is her last name. Uh, we, we did a video, uh, Stefan, I told myself and Glenn Anderson, where we're trying out for the uh, blue crew and Allie put that whole thing together very, so I call her Miss creative. She's very nice. Cool. And uh, she, she put the whole thing together. It was, it was really an emotional I mean, one of the most emotional things, I, it was short. It didn't take that long, but it just, you know, other it out of the family. Well, you know, as, as a
0: parent, anything, anyone does for your kids, yeah. that hits you right in the heart, you know, yeah. or just, and you, you can't, you can't even like, you can't even like put up a, a front. Yeah. You just, it hits you and you, just, uh, you can't, you get overwhelmed,
1: you know? Exactly. That's what it was, especially the, the, both the mother and father, but especially the mother, she just couldn't control herself. Of course. Once it, once it hit her, what's going on, she just was. Did so you, did you keep the suit on after that or did you change? No, I changed sweating because I had to get changed in one of the suites. Uh, so there's other people. So I can just, I couldn't take any of my clothes off. I just had to pull the suit over top of my suit pants and shirt and all. I so saw I'm sweating. So you're like, excuse me, people who bought the suite, I'm just going to just get changed. right No, now. they actually had an open suite. Oh, uh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Our girl, Jackie D Piazza, uh, thought that was a good idea. And, uh, I didn't realize Yeah. That most was sold, but uh, there was one open, so sweet. sat in there had a, had a, or had our own suite. So you're at the game, people see you on the big screen. Now
0: you're probably the third most popular, number two wearing range of defenseman in history, right? That's probably true. I so, i would like to say I'm the most popular, but that's- No, not. definitely not. Well, probably Brian Leach and then Brad Park and then yeah. probably Tom Laidlaw. So the, now people see you at the game. Are they like, Hey, Tom Laidlaw,
1: come here. Let's yeah. take a picture. Let's, let's- uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because some people, uh, they won't recognize it. Cause again, when I played, I had the long hair and the mullet. Right. I'm walking around bald dead. now. Yeah, but a lot of people, know and once one person recognizes me and says something, then it goes, oh, yeah, and it's stop playing. Yeah. So you sign, take a lot of pictures, sign some autographs? We did. You know what? We didn't much because we were moving the whole time. When I got there. So they have a fan of the game every game. Uh, so they have an alumni member give him a stick, get the picture, okay. take up on the big screen. So I did that before the game. And then we had two suites to go to. So we are running around going to those two suites because uh, we want to get that out of the way. And then I could do the, uh, the Santa Claus outfit. So I And then I've not much for staying around the game. So once that was done in the second period, then I left you two period Tommy. <laughs> well, Allie's funny because she calls me one take Tommy. Because when we did that video with Mento and Anderson, I kept, uh, I was nailing it to all the lines and everything like that. And I, of course, I'm beating Mr. Cocky and saying, oh, yeah, one take Tommy. So she calls me one take Tommy. Nice. Did they get the lines or did they get to the line to have to uh, do a couple takes? Uh, Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, it, it was getting them comfortable to really ham it up a little bit because the idea of the video was that we were being goofballs. Right. Uh, which for me is hard to explain you know, the character yeah <laughs> so and stephanie was pretty good too but uh Glennie's a little bit more uptight like getting him to kind of loosen up and act like an idiot uh, so. hall of famer you know Like those guys can't yeah. cut him up like that yeah well, that is true right i mean he's got a certain you know my reputation is not a hall of famer when six half of my. Right,
0: right being a big goof so you're you said you're in the suite so you guys just hang out with the people
1: who buy the suite is that how that works uh, you no know, so this one was an empty suite uh no i'm sorry but then when we go up to the suite yes yeah um so what they do is typically with people that uh, buy like a suite at one time, uh, what's that, they really want to make an experience for them. So yeah. they have the alumni members go up. Um, and this was those big open suites up top. Those, yeah. um, those just nice. Wow, that really. It's a different idea. It's not like that closed in room, but it's, uh, you can get much more people in there, so they're fun. Uh, the one family, the whole family is up there. So we all got a picture taken together. It's an old, one big family. I got oh, it's not all daughters, sons, but cousins and everything. So we got a picture taken together. I told them to send it to me. So we could. Uh,
0: nice. You know, I'm going to have to talk to Jackie because we, the Roller Hockey League, the New York City Roller Hockey League, we got a suite um, wow. last week and there were no alumni there. There was no Tom oh. Laidlaw. I, you know, I was, as requested, I'm a little disappointed. So, oh,
1: I'm, oh. I'm going to have to talk to the garden about that. Yeah, definitely. We'll get on to that Jackie D. Piazza. So, but, now, in fairness to Jackie, they kind of go to her and say, okay, we need alumni. So, she arranges it, but she doesn't make the decisions. but, uh, yeah, and, and go, if they go to a suite or not. But. And we didn't ask. I just assumed that they would have someone,
0: you know, at least the third or fourth most popular, number two hitting shooting defenseman yeah. in Ranger history would come in. Third. Third, mo- okay, third most
1: popular number two lefty so, shooting so there's one other number two before i got wore number two so in between brad park and myself just for a short period of time do you mm-hmm. know who that was i uh, i can a little known ranger josh josh i thought he was number five i think he just wore the number two briefly okay um and then switched yeah well
0: there's a couple of cool trivia points too like phil Esposito, when he first came to the rangers was not 77 do you know what number he was hmm. well, first year he wore a different number
1: Oh, really? Yeah. What was it? 12. Oh, wow. And how about, he didn't always wear number 77 in Boston either, right? I think he wore he wore seven, right? Yeah. Because remember, they had this, the uh, Ray Bork was wearing seven after Phil left, and, and that they had that retirement night. So, that was a yeah. really cool moment for yeah. people. I don't know you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, uh, Ray Bork was out there, a great, obviously, Hall of Fame player for the Boston Bruins. So, they were retiring Phil's number seven jersey at the Garden. But uh, up till that point, Ray Bork had been wearing number seven. So he came out, he had the jersey on, right? He had number yep, seven on. Yep. And he then he gets in front of the crowd. Phil didn't know this was going on. And he uh Ray takes off the number seven underneath number seventy seven. saying so to Phil listen, that number every yep. morning again. So that really got to Phil. He was pretty emotional about that. That was awesome. And he handed him the jersey. He's like, Here yeah. you go. That was a re- that was a really cool moment. And yeah, Phil yeah, cool. really falls really his heart, I'll tell you. If he goes his heart uh, all heck, yeah. Every decision, good
0: and bad, it's falling the heart. Yeah. Even when he traded you to LA for uh <laughs> aging Marcel Dion. So that was it. So that's one trivia. And then the other one was um Adam Graves. You know, his first number with the Rangers he wore for one game. Oh,
3: Not number
0: nine. No, I don't know. So he wore number eleven oh. for the first game of the season. Then they made the trade for Messier, and then he gave oh. up eleven and took number nine. And who wore number eleven before Adam Graves? Uh before Adam Kelly Kissio. Yes, there
1: you go. Nice. Good job.
0: Who else was eleven? I'm trying to think. Well, I know two, and my and thing I'm gonna ask you this before, but you came you, they gave you number two as a rookie?
1: Yeah, that was a big moment. Uh, Joey Buchino was like kind of like the traveling secretary and hand out all the jerseys. And I was having a really good camp, or I, I thought I was having a good camp. So you know, when they hand out the jerseys for those rookie games, they give you know 46, 47, right. all these guys. Um, he he gave me number two, and he looked me right in the eye and goes, You deserve this, and that was kind of one of the first signals I got that wow. it went pretty well. Yeah, so uh, you know he really. Yeah, were you yeah, yeah. Well, like holy shit? I'm I'm going to make this team? Were you like I'm going to? Yeah, a team. well I I wasn't totally there, but I was like yeah I, I was thinking wow i'm i mean, I'm really doing that well like i really because you really don't know you're just going through right. playing playing the game uh so when he said that like the way he looked at me too great like, because you know that first training camp you know like you really don't know uh, looking back at like mike allison says all the time that that was my training camp that i had a great camp i didn't really wow. yeah i didn't really see it that way but that was his first camp as well uh and he played, we played well too so well. it was uh that was fun yeah. so you so you made that camp out of Northern Michigan University. That's right. Today.
0: Harvard of the Midwest. Harvard of, the, isn't the Upper Peninsula Harvard? Is that what it is? Or the, the Harvard of the UP? No? Uh, Harvard. That's the Harvard. It must have said Harvard. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. The
1: uh, they said the harbor. Um, no, it's, well, there's probably a harbor there. Yeah. I'm sure there is Nice entire city, right? Yeah. Nice harbor. Well, so the UP, so there's the two pieces to Michigan, right? There's the Lower Peninsula and the Upper Peninsula. And Northern Michigan University is in Marquette, Michigan, on the southern shores of Lake Superior and uh, the UP beautiful up there man if you didn't know like just during the summer they can take like you think you're into the bahamas or something the only problem is so it's so cold i mean it warms up but the ice Lake Superior, so there's still ice floating in, in the the uh lakes period during the summer this is just so that's cool. crazy. and then for
0: people who, don't, who haven't seen the, the Great lakes it's basically like an inland ocean they're yeah. just massive they're so
1: big and especially yeah, this beer yeah it is yeah you, you you're right you're on the beach there you think you're in the ocean you don't see the other side um and uh, wasn't this Finnish song? Some ship sank there, like... Oh, the, is it the uh, Engelbert Humperdinck song? Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah.
0: Gordon, no, Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, something like that. The, the, the Greek... Downing. Oh, you know who'll know this? Uh, big fan of the show, Ed Carr. He'll know because he's a big mm-hmm. um, uh, folk music uh, Greek fan. Greek, but he'll know. The Great Gucci Hume or something like that. It's some weird. I don't, I don't know. Ed Carr, yeah. can help us out here. Send us send us an email at fullchangepodcast at gmail.com. dot um, But. But I, I would like to uh, also talk about Northern Michigan because that yeah. brings up today's guest because yeah. obviously you're probably, at least you'll tell everyone, you're the biggest hockey player to come out of Northern Michigan. But today yeah. we have yeah. a, a client of yours. A didn't national cha- Didn't fire you. Yeah. A national champion too. Yeah. yeah. He, won. he had quite a career too out there. Man. Oh. Yeah. Today we have your friend Dallas Drake on
1: Dallas the show today. Probably, probably more than anybody else, I, certainly I represented, and probably more than anybody I remember and i'm not saying he's the best player ever but he got right. the most out of his career like he wasn't he wasn't a big guy and uh he just he just willed himself to win i i dare to play in the national hockey and win he was he was the type of player that
0: everybody wanted on their team he's yeah tough sandpaper player could score some goals good leader yeah. i remember when the rangers were in a down period i think he was coming up on free agency i remember a big ranger fan and listening. so ryan bentley
1: was like you know what this team needs this team needs dallas drake yeah, he's, yeah, And, you know, it was he wasn't the first one, but remember when uh, Colorado won the cup and Ray Bork was there, sure. Joe Sackett was the captain and he turned right away and gave yep. the cup to, to Ray Bork. That's the first time that happened. And then shortly after that, I don't think it was right after that, but the same thing with Dallas Strait. So when they won the cup, Steve Eisman got the trophy and they handed the, tr- the cup to Dallas Strait. And that really is, yeah, really signifies that the rest of the team really gets to, par- to participate in that. So, yeah. shows how much they really care about it because, so, you know, it's this so he had look at, career, you know, won the Stanley Cup, carried the cup off, and then retired after that. It was just, look at the, look at you
0: hockey players, man. You got Ray Bork taking off his jersey for Phil. You got um, Sakic and you got uh, Sue Eisenman handing the, the trophy yeah. up to uh, Dallas. Yeah. You guys are like sentimental mushes, man.
1: Look, That's that's cool. Well, you know what? Isn't that the funny thing? Like we act like we're these big top guys, you know, like savages out there. There's a lot of, especially amongst your teammates. It's uh, not just your teammates, but the game in general. I mean, obviously when you're playing the game, especially back then you wanted to kill each other and that was right but a strategy uh but it was yeah it was something like, like like we want i think it's a real pride thing that we carry ourselves in a certain way like when you hear people all the time saying this the hockey players are the best of, of all the pro athletes we as, far as treating people and kids for sure and i think there's a real pride there too that you know if a guy doesn't do that if he acts bad i guy should look at him hey listen you're ruining it. you know for, for decades here we built this reputation about how, how we handle ourselves but, but nobody would have said
0: peep if, if Eisman gave it to one of the assistant captains or to federal or somebody, but just the fact that he did. And he went into that
1: game saying, you know what? If we win tonight. Drake's getting the cup first. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool, man. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. I didn't think cause Steve Eisman's a really, really classy guy too. You know, for him to recognize he's got a lot of things going on. He's just sure. trying to win the Stanley cup. He's the captain. Uh, he's the legend in Detroit and a that bit for him to think that through that way. It, 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 he got it locked away though. He's like, all right, I'm gonna get you know, yeah. this guy the cup. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. That's really that's cool. cool. and 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 dallas drake didn't fire you so even better it's a bonus double bonus (laughs) well we uh, hopefully we get to talk about it on the show but uh he was a free agent and uh it's living phoenix i think it was and he wanted to go play for st louis yeah let's we'll we'll talk about we'll definitely get to that we'll ask about that for sure that's a good story yeah all right hopefully people people enjoy
0: this episode it's dallas drake if you like what you're hearing please share it spread it around like us on social media leave us a review on apple and uh, email us at fullchangepodcast at gmail.com. If you want Tom at your event, if you want him to speak or sing or do imitations or work out or make food, just yeah. send us an
1: email. We'll get right to you. That's just the cooking part of it too. Yeah, my cooking is really taken off. You're like the Bobby Flay of Greenwich, Connecticut. That's right. Or if someone. Or as our guest on the show will call me, he calls me Q-Tip. We'll explain that on the show as well. Uh, all right, Q-Tip. It's a vibrant thing.
0: Here we go. Dallas Drake coming up.
2: This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw.
3: Oh, man. Dally Drake. How's it going, Lay? Good, brother. How are you doing? Are you in Arizona? Good. Yeah, I'm in Arizona. Wow. When did you move
1: there? Uh, like, two and a half years ago. Came out here. Yeah, I got sick of the snow. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Just up Traverse City there, too, right? Don't they have a picture of you at the Traverse, Traverse City ice rink?
3: Yeah, I've been trying to get them to take that down for a couple of years. It's been up there forever, so, yeah.
1: I was back. I actually went back up to, uh, to Northern Michigan about, uh, had to about a year ago. I put on a speaking uh, presentation up there. Man, it's changed. Oh. oh, yeah, it changed a lot. Of, it looks good, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. they a good job. Oh, they finally got plumbing? Yes, they've had plumbing there for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how many girls? How many? Oh, girls, right? Two
3: girls? No, I got, I got two boys, two girls. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, ah. so my youngest is still in the house, us, and the rest are off and away just doing their own. Like. Like, we're, thing. we're getting old, aren't we? Oh, my God, yeah, crazy. How are you feeling? How's your health and everything? I'm okay. Yeah, I got a little few knee issues, but um, yeah, just try to keep busy, and yeah. not as busy as you, obviously, but I try my
1: best. Got to get you on some uh, shows, some TV shows like Survivor or something like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was
1: great. I loved watching that. It's good. I watch that shows, and you're on. It's funny, you know, like I talk to people now, like uh, I talk to John Kyle, and he goes, what were you thinking when you saw me at the show? He couldn't, couldn't believe I got on it. He was thinking it must have been really cold in Fiji, all that shrinkage. Yeah, the only thing my sons were worried about, we were watching the first show together, and all their buddies were texting him, saying, Dad's got to put a sock in his underwear, there would make it a little bit bigger. <laughs> Package wasn't big enough. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Whatever it takes, man. I, know, God. I told Tom, sorry, um, when you when came to stay at our house there in Michigan, um, and I, I won't tell this publicly because I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> let's get into it let's get the show rolling here
2: no okay let's get going so Tom's, tom's gonna do a little introduction here then we get rolling all right sounds good i want to tell you a story it's a story about a scandal broken relationships gossip rumors money corporate rivalry and a broom a performance enhancing broom my name is john cullen
0: Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Tom, we got a great show today. I always love these. We have one of your clients on the show, and he never fired you. He played at Northern Michigan for four years, but unlike some people in the room, he's actually intelligent. He had a great initial career, was a tough, tough player who everybody wanted on their team. He, uh, he actually went on to win a Stanley Cup in his final season because his agent got him a great deal. Today we have Dallas Drake
1: on the show. Dallas, one of my favorites all the time. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. I'm, I'm doing great, but It's great to see you. I was telling Tom the story about how you uh, at the end of your career you got bought out there in St. Louis, and uh, you said to me one thing. You said, get me to Detroit and don't fuck it up. You said That, <laughs> that was yeah. cool. Remember saying that?
3: Yeah, I remember saying that. I mean, like, I, that was pretty much the only place I would go play. I, I was living in Michigan, so...
1: Um, yeah, I was either there or I was, I was hanging. Them up. Yeah, I was in there a contender there too. Uh, and it's funny because uh, Kenny Allen and Jim Neal run the team at that time. And Kenny Allen said, Listen, we'd love to have him but I can only pay him the $500,000 minimum. I think it was the point. And so I went to Jim Neal, I said, Can you make please make it 550 So it looks like I've done something here. Thanks. Like, <laughs> so they gave us the, the game was 550 Yeah, God. that was that was that was awesome. That was a great way to end my career, man. So yeah, no kidding, bad, so. no kidding. So that was one of the first, it wasn't the first time, but it was one of the first times where the Steve Eisenman was captain, turned to somebody else and gave the trophy to somebody else. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I think you'd had that long career, right? I remember I watched Chris Draper talk about it. it was pretty- yeah,
3: it was, it was super cool. It was a great way to finish, obviously. Um, you know, winning the Stanley Cup's every guy's dream, and it was like finishing it that way. was fantastic.
1: Yeah, retire after winning the Cup, right? Have that long career. How many years yeah. did you play? 16. Wow. I've told, I told so many people, use you as an example. I think you got more out of your career than anybody I've ever seen as, as an agent or played against. It's like when you started playing, remember coming out of college, I'm thinking, okay, I maybe mean, he's going to play in the minors a few years, whatever, it'd be a goal, goal scorer. And all of a sudden, the training camp, they're running over everybody.
3: <laughs> remember that? Yeah. You know, like I, I think I, I tell people this same thing. I said, my when I got to Detroit, um, you know, their sentiment were Stevie, Sergey, Jimmy Carson. And I was a sentiment, I was like, well, the only way I'm going to play is to do something a little different. And I didn't mind banging around a little bit. So I just, did whatever I could to give myself a chance, and that was obviously how my career kind of evolved from there. And getting a chance to play a lot longer than I even thought I'd play
1: as well. Yeah, remember day, I think was the playoffs that year, the, your final year. Yeah, this was some playoff series. I think somebody was yapping at you, and you said to him, "I'm coming for you." I come. In. And you say something. it something
3: like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah"? I, my mouth got in the way a lot of my in my career, so that was one thing I was good at, and cost me a few teeth here and there because I probably said a lot of the wrong things to the wrong wrong players at the time, but. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was a different game back then, as you know. So, like, uh, a lot of tough guys in the league, it's, you had that if you said something, you usually had to pay the price. And, yeah.
1: And just you Think about Daly, though. Like, he just didn't back down from anybody. Like, you, and, didn't matter who it was on the ice, you were going to run
3: him. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I I just, that was just how I played. And I know I, that's how my game evolved, and that's and the only way for me to play at that time and stay in the league, I think, was to do that. It just brought a little different element to my game, so I mean, I, every now and then, you get a chance to play with good players, and you chip in a few, you know, a few goals here and there and it gives another opportunity. so it was, it was something I, I, relished. And I actually, for a while, I really enjoyed
1: it. Yeah. You're good at it too. So
3: you're born and raised in Kelowna? Is that the town? No, it's a small town called Rosswind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's about
1: three hours from Kelowna, but not too far from there. Yeah. Is it true that the, the movie Miracle, they filmed that scene, they filmed it at your family, the yeah, bar, yeah. farm? From my parents' farm actually. Yeah.
3: The, you know, the scene where they do the football scene, they play football. Yeah. That's, uh, that's there. And when the guy's driving up down the road. My parents, little barns there. So, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. How did that come about? You know, I, I think they were just looking for a small town. The small town in ross is a small town. It actually looks a lot like uh, Lake Placid. You know, it's oh. very small and stuff like that. And lots of snow and mountains in the background. So, it's probably a lot cheaper to go film it there than it was in yeah. Lake Placid. So, uh, you know, it, was, it just kind of worked out that way. And my mom was thrilled with it. She's out there taking pictures like she was a movie oh. star.
1: Oh, is that right? That's cool.
0: Yeah. Mom gets a nice little location fee for that, too. Are you paid for that?
3: I'm sure they got a little bit. I never really got into that with them. But yeah. I'm sure they got yeah. A bit. Now, were you a real good player when you were younger, like a goal scorer? Uh, no, I was more of a, a playmaker, small, tiny guy. Um, You know, so um, didn't score me. I, once I got into the junior, I scored a little bit. And then in my college, my last couple of years, I scored a little bit. But now I was, I was more of a centerman, like the past fuck a lot. So that's more my forte. And you actually went to school in Northern Michigan, too. Like, and not like me. I, I, did, I didn't buy books or anything. Well, I, I I went to Northern, yeah. Sometimes I didn't I'd go to all the classes, but yeah, you know what Northern's like, and it's nothing to get that. It's a fantastic school, different now. Obviously, than when we played, all air is different, but uh, I loved it there. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah.
0: They actually had to read when uh, Dallas went there, unlike when you were there, Tom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I'd love to well, die. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to tell done. you that was not true, but we can know how to read. Oh, <laughs> I tell all the time. My senior year, I was failing a business class, so I had to drop it and take four one credit classes. So I took. Up Racquetball, bowling, phys ed, and get this. We we're, were the number one team in the country. I'm the captain of the team. I took beginning skating. Oh, yeah. I took that class. Yeah. Did you take
3: it? Oh, yeah. His gig. Our, our, our assistant coach was the teacher. He said, Do you ever show up in the class, yeah. you're
1: failing? That's, that's, what, that's, what Rick that's hilarious. Rick Conley said the same thing to me. He says, don't show up. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh. Yeah. Dallas, how does it feel to be the most popular player to come out of northern Michigan? <laughs>
3: Oh, well, I don't know about that. There's a lot of good players that come out of there. Lace being one, Lace kind of blaze trail and everything. He was one of the first guys who really went to the NHL coming out of Northern, and uh, obviously had a long career as well. So he kind of got the ball
1: started for a lot of us. That's funny, right? Like especially going up there, there you can't think was it was it too far away from the National Hockey League? It's too far. When I looked there, I spoke to the I spoke to all the student athletes uh, about a year ago, and that's the one thing I said to them. Listen, I, I mentioned you, myself, other people. Don't don't ever think you can't make it just because you're going to a smaller school. In fact, you should tell yourself, I am going to make it. Did you have that dream when your kid? Well, you know, at least I, quite honestly, I didn't really know I
3: had much of a chance until probably my senior year in college. I mean, like I, I had some good years in college, but you know, and I was drafted after my freshman year, but I never really, it wasn't really in my mindset. I mean, obviously my senior year, things started to change. I met you and then, um, you know i i knew i had a, a little bit of a chance at least i played professional hockey he was you know i think i had a little bit of a chance there but playing in nhl immediately like i did i didn't i didn't know that but
1: you know sometimes yeah. you know things work out the way they do now uh, you made it work out i remember watching that first training camp and thinking because i thought okay yeah I'll go play in the minors a couple of years and then maybe play in the national hockey you're a good yeah. player then that first training camp but i'm oh, simple. yeah yeah. yeah. Well,
3: you know, it's, yeah, I I, I thought the same thing. You probably were thinking about me too. I thought I'd be in an around. I and maybe scrap it around, maybe get a chance. But, you know, I, in, in credit to the, the Red Wings at the time, Brian Murray really gave me a good chance to play. So yeah. I give him a lot of credit. Um, you know, he stuck with me and, you know, threw me in there. And whether it was right or wrong, there was a lot of, they had a lot of good prospects at the time. They could replace me very easily, but he gave me a yeah. chance. And so that's all you can ask for sometimes. Yeah. The chance, I tell kids that all the time. If you get a chance, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. So, did you have a lot of colleges uh, recruiting you? uh no. I, at the time, I I didn't. Uh, Northern was the first team that really talked to me, and but as soon as they offered me, I would like jumped on. I was all over. I, mean, I had a couple of schools after that because I started doing a little bit better after My ju- in, in in junior, but uh at the time, I really didn't. I wasn't very heavily recruited. And Walt, Walt Kyle came in and recruited you. Oh yeah, Walt. You know, Walt. <laughs> he keeps nice doing basketball so he He's 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 a great. He's a fantastic recruiter. Yeah, he got, you know, he spent a lot of time out in BC and got a couple of our teammates, me and my my best friend, ended up going to Northern and uh, yeah, he was he was a fantastic. I'll never forget when we we he took us on a recruiting trip there, building a part of the the hospital, they're adding onto it. It was really nice, and he told us that was where all the sports, the athletes were staying. And he told us that, so we're like, then we get to see these it. nice dorms. We walked out the next year, he goes, "How are those dorms treating you boys?" <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, Rick Collins the same way because he told us we went there, we played at Lakeview Arena. You played there too, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said, there's going to be a brand new building built here. And he's like, the first year, you're going to have this new building to play in. Four yeah. years we played at Lakeview <laughs> Arena. And locker locker room was the size of a bathroom. Did
3: you ever have it? a- Great place to play. The Lakeview yeah. was fabulous. It was packed and loud.
1: Yeah. It's a good spot to play. Yeah, I was telling Tom Smith, the producer here, where we played North Dakota quarter my first year my senior year, uh, they were ranked number one in the country. And uh, this, Gino- Maybe it was a Gasparini. Gasparini. That's yeah. right. He was asked uh, if he I was afraid to play in Northern Michigan University. He's I'm not afraid of anybody. And after they played Lakeview Arena for two nights, all the drunks hanging over the glass yeah. earlier, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And he says, we're never coming back to this place again.
3: Yeah. That was back in the day when that, I think Northern at the time, when I was there, but they might have been the only school that was actually, they had that the, the donor's room downstairs where they could buy alcohol. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. Not many colleges had that. So after, like you said, after people in there were.
1: Bastard. So it was fantastic. fantastic. I'm sure you had a different doctor, but the doctor we had, the team doctor, he would drink all the time during the games. Oh, I love Oh, So, if you ever got a cut in the third period, they could just they didn't go to the doctor. Because <laughs> he'd lean over and start like, stitching up, and you'd smell the booze coming off. <laughs> so, so, we'd say to him, Listen, don't bother freezing it because I don't want another needle going near my face. Right.
3: Yeah, that's
1: right. He's t- a 20 pound test mission uh-huh. line. Yeah, but-, but you're right, though. That was fantastic. Like, the town itself playing. It was, it was more like you, you're obviously playing for the university, but you're playing for the town, too. Oh, yeah.
3: absolutely. Heck yeah. And I, that's that's what I liked about it. I'd keep from a very small town in British Columbia. So, like, that's one of the things that drew it to me is there just going there. It's, you know, 25,000 people. There's 5,000 to 70 places. So it just a fact. Small culture, you know, all the little pubs and bars around town are a lot of fun as well. Right. So when you went there, uh, Jimmy Hiller, Scott Beattie, wrote, yeah, um, for sure. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Phil Sucro. wait a bunch of BC kids, you know, Kevin Scott. We, and then, you know, the, even after when I left there, there was a bunch more BC kids. Yeah. That came in. So yeah, we had a bunch. Yeah. It was, it was really a good time. That's when back in the day when there was no cell phones, so you can do what
1: you wanted. I know, but <laughs> remember, yeah. I remember when we went out to the bar some, I have to recruit you and we went to the bar one night and, uh. I, I remember watching it, and he said, hey, Dally was this guy who kind of rallied the whole team together, both on the ice and off the ice. <laughs> I remember, I never forget, to say, all right, guys, grab your best girl. We're going on the desk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: There is, like, we had a lot of fun back then, as you know, everybody did back in those days. So it was different era, so much fun. I, I try to tell kids that nowadays I coach my youngest son, out here, and I was like, and they're always on their cell phones, and I'm like, you guys... When, when i was your age we didn't want people didn't want to know where you were and now yeah, yeah everyone has to know where you are and what you're doing I'm like why do you want to do that like put it out put it away
1: Got it. All right. yeah yeah you said like that's the way you live your life too like you lived your life all out right yeah yeah it
3: was oh it, 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 it was it was so much fun i'd you that was the greatest four years of my life i tell people uh when i went to stanley copton was obviously Greatest of achievement but when we won the na- national championship in my junior year that was by far the best thing that ever had regardless of what happened to me in my hockey career after that i was so happy to play pro like yeah. everybody else but as a team and being a part of something winning the national championship was amazing so winning the national championship against bu correct Yep. Triple overtime. Triple overtime. Yeah. Oh. Maybe the best best college game ever. Like, it was, I mean, just the way, you know, no defense whatsoever. 8-7. We were up 7-4. They were up 3-0. We were up 7-4. They came back. Triple overtime. It was on rails. And who scored the winner? Was it Daryl Planowski scored it? Daryl Plandowski. Yeah, don't worry. He'll never let you live that one. <laughs> <laughs> he's scouting who's he scouting with now. He's, he's so a, it's with Coyotes now. He's um, he, yeah, he's, so he's he's a very he does a very good job when he does. Yeah. He's 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 a really smart guy. Daryl Plandowski. Yeah, I talked about him once again. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, really good. You also had a roller hockey legend on that team. You had Tony Zabo. Tony Zabo, yeah.
0: Roller hockey legend.
3: Oh, is he really? Oh yeah. Tony yeah. Zabo. Yeah, I played a little roller hockey. He's still living up in the market area. We were up there this past uh, summer for a little bit of uh, a reunion type thing, and he was uh, he totally was kicking around a little bit. So. That's right. I heard you met uh, Mimi. Yeah, I met a lot of yeah, – yeah, yeah. There was a lot of faces I've seen up there this year that I had not seen in so long. Lot of, like, they all not look the same, so but yeah. it's still fun to see everybody. Else. Was the old bar Andy's? Was that there when you were – I don't remember Andy's. We had, like, the Alibi and yeah. Rock and stuff. The old alibi had the disco
1: floor. There, didn't
3: yeah, it? I did. You know, every, <laughs>
1: yeah. Was, there was at least three or four fights in there every night. So oh God, was, yeah. Remember that back when the uh, the Air Force base was still still open and all the, uh, the all the miners were tough and everything like that. And play out of the bars, football players didn't like the hockey players. Yeah, donkey, yeah So where do they keep the law statue up there? It's there uh, somewhere. Don't worry. It's yeah, there. it's in the bar. It's, <laughs> it's at Andy's bar, the peanut bar. <laughs> Andy's was the best place. We go in there with the entire money. You've seen the Canadian tire but, Oh yeah. yeah I like, give you the Canadian tire, they give you like a 25 cent bill or whatever. They just it's kind of like monopoly money. Yeah, monopoly money. So we'd go into Andy's, I uh, order like six beers, give the guy 20, 25 cents Canadian tire bill. He'd give us the change change back, six beers. They didn't make the money. Oh yeah. We, uh, yeah, we were, like Daly said too, like we're the only division one sport uh in Northern Michigan. Yeah. So you know, especially like our senior year, we ranked number one. Dally was we had the national championship. Fortunate for me, I didn't get to four years of that because they closed it after my oh. fourth year.
3: Yeah, I don't know why it was just. I think there was a lot of shit going on there, battles and fights, and no. Then the Shamrock became the big place to go for us. That's the real.
0: So there's no football team
1: there at the time, right? Yeah, there's football team,
0: yeah. Division Three. Ah, so you guys are the kings of the campus up there in hockey country.
1: Yeah, there's Steve Mariucci, the football, but he played up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Izzo, Izzo. Izzo. Izzo, yeah. Yes, Michigan State goes. So, yeah, it's. So, yeah, we yeah. know as a, there's a current NHL player, I think he's still current, yeah. whose parents, the, the father was a football player. And the Mother's cheer, Phil Kessel's parents were up there too. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Phil's, Phil's, all Phil's, mother, Phil's mother was a popular person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I go, I said, now I'm just, no one go. I've said popular.
2: <laughs>
1: the father actually looked just like Phil too. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. She was. Bob dogs. Yeah, I think that's funny. Yeah. Uh. All right, so uh, how many years did you get into trade the first time? I was still there for my first two years.
3: I got traded my second year right at the end of my second year. That's right. Uh, Winnipeg, yeah. so, oh, that's right, you went to
1: Winnipeg. I forgot about yeah. that.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was great for my career. I mean, like, he went to a young team from a team where, you know, I wasn't, you know, Scotty, it was Scotty's first year there, and Scotty, you know, probably didn't like me running around being an idiot, so he got he got me out of there, and. It was good though. It was good for my career. I went and got a chance to go play with the younger team, play a lot more, establish myself a little bit more, and it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, what I liked to be in Detroit when I won all those cups, heck yeah! But uh, you know, you, went I, you, you mentioned Scotty Bowman. I forgot about that. Didn't he say that you hit too hard or something? What was yeah, name? he told me. I remember Scotty pulled me into his office one day and he he, he told me just to, he told me to stop hitting hitting his So I'm like, well, what else do I do? I mean, like, I that's how I play type thing. So. Yeah. I think there was a little conflict there and uh you know, then, then I got called into Brian Murray's office not long after that and he asked me why I wasn't hitting me. I'm like you gotta go talk to Scottie. Oh so I didn't know that, yeah. that part. Of it. Um, I, and I think that's kinda I was I was over there not soon after that. I think Scotty thought I went to Brian and yeah. stuff, which I didn't, but but anyway, it was fine. And uh, Scotty was there in my last year in 082 as well. So it was, it, was, it was
1: fun. That's
3: right.
0: And then you get to play with Team Mussolini and Walker Chuck, Big Walt in Winnipeg and then in Phoenix.
3: Big Walt, yeah, Big Walt's still one of my best friends. I, I me Ru- Walt were roommates for ever, so um, he's still one of my closest friends. Great guy, His kids, obviously, are great players. And yeah, played, I only played at Timo for a little bit. That was one of the worst trades in NHL history. They traded Timo when I not soon after I got there. They traded him to Anaheim for I don't know a cup of coffee. Oh, crazy! crazy. God, I don't know about that, yeah, wow, yeah, we got like, I mean, got good players back. But Timo Salani, that that kind
1: of count. And then, how many years you're in Winnipeg then?
3: Uh, we, we that's I was there until we moved to Phoenix. So I was there for two two years. I got traded there in March, and then we I uh, think the next two then we had the lockout, and then uh, then we had, then I had a full year after that. So pretty much I played a year and a half there, and then we moved to Phoenix. So Phoenix was nice too. That's a great place to play, well, isn't it? Yeah, it's weather. You we can't beat the weather. That's for sure. It's it's for, I remember when we flew down here during the All All Star break that year. We left Winnipeg. It was like minus. 25, when we got to Phoenix. It was like it was a hundred degree temperature dip. It was like eight. So it was like, Oh, we didn't know we were sober again. At Dallas, how bizarre is that when the franchise just up and moves? That's that's got to be weird, right? Yeah, especially going to you know, pretty a market which wasn't we were very hockey oriented, but they you know we had good crowds. Yeah, they, they joined us. It was kind of, we were kind of a little gimmicky there to start, but. We had some good teams there too. We just yeah. unfortunately we, we could never get through the Colorados and Detroit's of the world. But we had some really good teams. Yeah, I remember those years. Yeah, Jeremy Ronick was there with you. Yeah, GR. What well. you call him? Hollywood. Is that what you call him? Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, well, he named us style. He called him. He had lots of different names for himself. Styles, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So he had all those names. So yeah,
1: we had some good, good good characters on that team. I remember what what it was. Walt Kutsch. Did he have kind of a bad reputation amongst people? Go keep introducing. Yeah, big,
3: well, like he wasn't loved by around the league by no means. Yeah, he was yes. he was dirty, but he was a tough kid. And you know, yeah. he Walt's biggest thing is he he had no filter, so he said some huh. things he probably shouldn't be saying. And being a Boston guy, I'm sure you can imagine some of the things that were coming out of his mouth. But yeah. he was, uh, you know, he's uh he's one of my dearest friends. Yeah, fantastic guy. Yeah, he, he's a Hall of Famer in my opinion. I don't know why he's in there, but hopefully somebody
1: will get in. Yeah, it's funny because I remember having that conversation with you when you guys became friends, and I I'd heard all these bad things about him. So I said, yeah, I said, Dal, you got to be careful around him. And you, you stood up for him right away. You said, nope, he's a fantastic <laughs> guy. And that's the first time I heard somebody say that. And I respect you. Yeah. So was- Yeah,
3: he's a good dude. I mean, he, I, just, I haven't seen a lot of guys that work this hard and see him off the ice. I mean, he yeah. was costly because he's a big guy, right? He had to watch weight. So he's on the bike 24-7 trying to keep his weight down. And he liked that fun, though. It's nothing yeah. about that He liked that fun. So. You also had
0: Rick talking on that Coyotes team out there too, right?
3: Yeah the talk for my the last year in, in Phoenix talks was there with that's when we uh those last two years talk was there. So he's doing a real good job at Cooper. Oh, he's got those guys spending their right way right now. So. who's the big tough
1: defenseman uh, that you're with we had, there?
3: We had like when Charlie was there, Manson was there. Yeah we, we had we Wolf We had like guys I'm trying to think of a couple of the other guys. We had Oh, uh, what the heck was that one guy's name? Oh, it's Stefan I could tell. That was, he was in Winnipeg when I was you. Yeah. you Yeah, so we had a few tough guys that played there, but Charlie was probably our... Yeah. Guy. He was just... He was a
1: good guy, though, too. Was he was oh, a really good... Guy. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So did he get hit in the throat? Yeah. and Yeah, yeah. That's why he talks like... Yeah. Know, yeah. It's, get yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's got the raspy voice. Yeah, He's a really bit cool. ill man. He's... Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it
3: Teppo yeah. Newman when he was with you guys, too? Yeah, Teppo, He was a secret... Jeb, that guy, he was a good player. Yeah, very good player. Quiet, small, smart. Yeah, he was really good.
0: You had Nikolai Bobulin in it too, the bowling Wall.
3: Yeah, yeah, we had a good team that year. The one year we lost to St. Louis in seven. We were up three games a lot, and then we lost. We then we lost to Detroit. Colorado. we always had to play one of those tough teams yeah. early on, and we yeah. could get through them. So, so it goes. So, how many total years did you have Phoenix in Phoenix? Uh, four. Four yeah. full years of Phoenix, and then I, and you got me my big deal. St. Louis,
1: so, so okay, so I got to tell you about the yeah. uh, free, free agent day. So that's a big day, right? And Dally was yeah. like a, everybody wanted Dallas, straight There's probably about 10 teams around after Dally. But say, like, for some reason, you wanted St. Louis too, right? Wasn't it like that? Yeah, dude, I just, I don't know what it was. I really don't. I just thought they had a really good chest to win. And also, I was probably more than anything else. Right. So, when you're an agent, you got a player that everybody wants. So, it's a fun day for an agent because you're going back and forth all day long. You're on the phone the whole day, and I'm fi- filling in Dally. So by the end of it, worked out really good. Got a good contract from St. Louis and, uh, that's where he wanted to be. So it was a good day. So he gets on the phone he's getting a little teary eyed on the phone. And finally Amy, Amy, his wife gets on the phone who I knew got uh, pretty good friends with. She goes, he's been drinking beer all day long. <laughs> so it all made sense.
0: As an outsider, what's that like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Are you saying, okay, Tom, we want St. Louis. Are you, uh, are you getting phone calls at 12.01 midnight? How's that, how's
1: that work? Uh, no, it's it just like, I think it's noon or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now it's it's like, yeah. Right. So Dally and I, well, my client and I, Dallas in this case, we'll talk and say, okay, where's the ideal place you want to go? Uh, here's the range I think you can get for money, but with free agency, it's not tough. Like you, you want to get a bidding war going so we could go beyond so where you want to please. go.
0: So you're like, okay, we want St. Louis, but, but here comes New York and maybe they can up the price.
1: Right. And you got to be careful to make sure that nobody else knows where well, you, you, you want to give the impression that all your know, 20 teams, want them, but you don't want to lie to anybody because that hurts you.
0: So your phone's ringing off the hook that day, right?
1: Yep. They're ringing. The so we've, we promised, again, you're not supposed to talk to teams until that 12 o'clock starts, but you know, especially you've got other clients, so you're, you're talking to GMs about, saying, well, we're about down the street, what's going on. So yeah, I went back and forth and St. Louis was in there right away. Um, but again, I told I said, listen, there's lots of other teams you need to talk to. Again, you got to be careful with that because you don't want to lose St. Louis either. So you got to play that, that game. Uh, but it was a fun day for me. Yeah. Going back and forth all day long. And, uh, and uh, those were, those are good times. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, Did like, it, I remember there was a couple teams and one that stood out of me was Toronto offered me a pretty good deal. They yep. offered me another year and a little bit more money. Like when I was like, I had no zero interest to go yeah. on there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, late was unreal. He, uh, he got me
1: where I wanted to go. So that was, fantastic. it worked out, it was just fun, but Dave works out like that. It's just like, it's a fun day. And it, and he, he was so happy. I'm joking around about drinking the beer, but he it was, happy because it's his career. It's the money. Well, that's a huge payday. I mean, that's, that's what you're playing for, right? Yeah. Was it like a five-year I,
0: deal?
3: I got four years. I you know, I got way more money than I ever thought I'd get. So it was Susan. I think I got four years, nine million, and it was unreal. So yeah. um, that was life-changing for my, me and my family. And and I was going to a team where I really thought we had a chance to yep. win. I really, yep. really did. So I, we were close our first couple of years there. We went to the conference finals. Um, just kind of couldn't get over that hope. So. And how, and Keith ended you there as well, right? Yeah, but he got traded probably he had the deadline of my first year there. Oh. Yeah. So he got traded that that there. And that's the year we went to the conference finals and lost to uh, Colorado. Right. I thought we were we actually remember I thought we were gonna win it that year. We'd be we swept Dallas and we played Colorado in the conference finals, but we had like a Colorado ended up going to and I've been going to seven games and we swept Dallas. We had like nine days in between or something oh. like that. But, and that really kind of messed us up. I thought we were that I mean, not to say we would beat them, but I thought we were a little stale there for that series. So
0: It's a really good team. You got Al McKinnis on that team. Chris Pronger's
3: on that team. Yeah, we had our defense was... And, and you ended up being the captain of the team there as well, right? Yeah, my last couple of years, I was the captain there. So it was you know quite an honor to give him that. The coaches... We were young, though. We were a little bit of transition stage there. We went young. That owner had sold the team. And and also, we were kind of transitioning to a different type of stuff. We, Pronger was gone. Al just retired. Uh, we traded Dougie Wade. So we were kind of, you know, we didn't make the playoffs the last couple years there. So it was, you know, I was just there to help play young guys for a little bit. So
1: John Davidson took over too, right? J.D. was there. yep mm-hmm. Yeah. Good man. yeah, Yeah. So they were a little, they were a little tussy. I said something, I'm reading, I am was negotiating me for Chris Mason or something. And, um, they're, they're going through financial troubles again. And, yeah. uh, some reporter asked me about, you know, but I, I helped them more because my relationship with John Davidson, the financial troubles. I said, yeah, why well, I'm not going to give up money. But yes, we understand they're having financial troubles, but they get all mad at me because I acknowledge it. Uh, it wasn't as so much JD, it was somebody up her checkets yeah. and hit McCarthy and those guys. So, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: JD was probably still salty because you scored on him in your own net.
1: Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you the story, Dally. My first game in the NHL was in Boston, the first regular season game, and I was so nervous. JD was in net. I went to shoot the puck around the back of the net, I hit JD in the leg and shot at my own net. And uh, JD <laughs> looked at me like, what are you, some <laughs> kind of idiot What was, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, my first one. So then they buy you out of your last year of contract. I, yeah. I never, I, I talked to JD about that. There was really no reason for that, right? It's just they were moving on.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, like, no, it's funny because it was at the time they, they, they said they wanted to save money. You know, this is nothing against them. They wanted, but then they wanted outside in Paul Korea for like a whole whack of cash. Now, you know, but it's whatever. They, I was, I was probably, I, I was you know, casually, they had to get free up some money at the time. I was, and quite honestly, I was, I was considering, I was going back and forth whether I wanted to play much more anymore. but I had another year of my deal. I was definitely gonna play that out. But they bought me out and you know, then Detroit, you know, worked out for
1: me fine. I had to have a little bit of money and I went to Detroit. Was- the, the famous story I tell everybody all the time is that and Kenny Holland is running the team I had a good relationship with in Detroit. Jim Neal was assistant GM and Dally says to me, he says, uh, really short, sweet too, he goes, Get me to Detroit and don't fuck it up. That's what I, <laughs>
2: well,
1: I would die laughing. And then Kenny yeah. Hall, the minimum was the 500000 dollars And he said, listen, yeah. give me 500000 dollars That's why I went to Jim Nill and said, uh, Jim, can going give me $550 so it looks like it.
3: So. <laughs> well, you remember, you remember, you remember Chris, you know Frosty, right? You know, Frosty. yeah. 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 So Frosty was the first guy I called when I when I when I like well, you knew I was getting by yeah. he was the first person I called. Cause he was, you know, he's good buddies with Stevie yeah. and stuff like that. And I said, Frosty, I said, i I'd love to come play there. And he told Stevie, and Stevie passed it on. And I was like, next thing I know, you were talking to him. Was, yeah. So the, Chris
1: Capetta, Frosty, uh, that's an interesting guy. He's probably yeah. probably the most famous guy in yeah. the National Hockey League. He's a he, trainer. He's with yeah. a Jersey now. We know yeah. everybody. And, right? Everybody. Yeah.
3: And he's he's the nicest human being yeah. you could ever be. He works his he's just And there isn't a player that he's worked for that doesn't have a good thing to say yeah. about him. He's yeah. fantastic. So. I remember Kenny Holland saying that he hired him just cause he wanted him around. Like, yeah, it was just, like, he is great. I always give him chicks. And I tell him his wife, his wife, he's overachieving so bad. I, <laughs> like,
1: dude, I'm like, do you look in the mirror? Does she look in the mirror? Like, what, the what do they call that? Oh, kick in the coverage. That, yeah. Well, who okay. was a dang, I remember Dan Cleary. Uh, I was at a year end party and he was there with his wife and he, you said a comment. Like he, she's pretty hot too. And he wasn't a good looking guy at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to last. Yeah. Uh, Right. Back in the day, you could say to guys, they wouldn't have feelings. About, you know, oh, I know. Feelings, oh, so, no, it's that's just- in these some of these guys not being in the locker room back back then, those days. Oh, yeah. Like, like i
3: I, the locker room when we had Phoenix, we had like Jimmy McKenzie talking and JR. Walt, so, you had Jim like-
1: McKenzie. Oh, hold on. I gotta ask, I gotta ask you, interrupt. Is Jim McKenzie's schlong that big? Yeah. Okay. 100%. 100%. Biggest yeah. one you ever seen?
3: Yeah. And it's funny. I'll never forget when he got traded to Winnipeg, uh, it was probably my last year in Winnipeg. And, uh, he, he, and, like guys were like getting out of the sh- getting their gear off. So they could get in the shower, fast the kids They could see.
1: what they- <laughs> And guys were like, you have like I guess. And he walked in. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, I got him. He, I, he asked me to represent him right at the end of his career. And okay. I, I called to LA, and Dave Taylor was running. And I played with Dave. Dave's a really great guy. He's funny, but he's a really serious guy too. You know, but he at least having fun. So I call him up. He's a GM at the time, and I said I'm trying to I try and find a job. For Jim McKenzie. He, goes, he, he starts giggling like a little kid. He goes, he's he got the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> told me the story about how he has been overdoing doing up the skates, and McKenzie walked by. So it's like right there, there's piece of he was going. What is that? It's a small baby hanging
3: down there. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's funny. he's good. He's a good man too. Yeah, very good. He, I think he's still working for Vegas. I'm not sure, but I think he was still scouting for Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah, good.
0: Well, let's bring it back to Detroit now, because obviously it was a magical season in 2008 for Dallas and for his agent.
1: Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah it was. I mean, I guess by putting it bluntly, you know, I had a chance to play play with some of those guys. I had a chance to play with them. You realize how hard it is to win, but then you realize have to be around some of those guys, why they won as much as they did. I mean, Nicholas Lindstrom, Datsyuk, Zetterberg. They're like, a lot of teams you play on when your best players, are, they're good, they're great, but those guys were always our best players in yes. all right It was like, it was whether or not Datsyuk got a goal or assist, he was the best player on the ice because he was so good defensively. The things he did without the puck, he was... And his, his work ethic was off the charts. I mean, the stuff he did off the ice. It was, it was, those guys blew
1: me away how much they worked on. Yeah. So, Let, literally, literally, they so good. Litcher could be the most underrated player, as great as he yeah. can talk about. Him. He's even better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: without Adele, one of the top, we he definitely, he's one of the top two defensemen I've yeah. ever played with. Um, but like he is just the things he never got hit. And you always yeah. wonder why he never gets hurt. And you, because he just thinks whatever, but yeah. he's, he, he's, an amazing player. Great leader, quiet, didn't, yeah. you know, never complain, played every game. So not many, I'm so disheartened, not many Europeans like that guy. He's, yeah. he, he's a different mold. Is he really
0: the perfect human? I mean, that's kind of a heavy nickname to carry.
3: Yeah, he does. I I've never seen. I seen Nick get hit like once, and it was a little bit of a cheap shot. But yeah, he's the the perfect human is the right word for him because he's just the way he handles himself off the ice. Yeah, you know how he te- treats his teammates and just how, how how good an hockey player is. It's, it's kind of scary how good he is. So he's uh he's definitely one of the top, you know, five or six defensemen to ever play the yeah, game. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Does he rank above you, Tom? He's slightly better than me.
0: Yeah,
1: a little bit better. <laughs> Different uh, style. Yeah, there you go. You guys also had three great goalies on that team too. That's right, Osgood, Osgood, Havasup. Tom, yeah, that's right. Let me ask you about Mike Babcock. Remember yeah. we had a discussion when you wanted to go to Detroit. I said, Did you want to go play for Babcock?" All right. And your comment to me was, "He just gets the most out of everybody." So it didn't, yeah. that didn't bother me. his act. Yeah, tactics just didn't
3: bother. Me. Yeah, and I, I, I did. You know, after I after I signed there, not long after I reached out, to Drake, for those guys reached out to me, and I had questions. And you know, they, you know, a lot of them didn't love him. Put it that way, he wasn't loved. But you know, he 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 was a good coach. He knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? So, um, he he treated me really really well. I was a veteran. He didn't. He left me alone. So I mean, some of the younger guys, I'm not gonna lie, he was, he was hard on him. But the stuff that went on afterwards, I I wasn't around for that. So I, I can't say any of that stuff happened when I was there, but. Um, whether or not it happened or not, it sounds like it did, but he, um, you know, he, 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 was, he was a very smart minded coach. He taught me a lot of things that I've never seen taught before, just on different defensive coverages that I, at the time I was like, well, that's different that's stuff that I've heard of before, but he, he got the best out of his group. I'll tell you that. So, and the stuff with Franzin was Franzin there when you were there. Yeah, he was there, yeah. But Mew was just kind of coming into what he was when I was there. You know, the year I was there, I think he got 30 or something like that, and he was really good. And then it was, it was kind of a two or three years after that when I really kind of had with that stuff going on. So right. so were you surprised when you heard all
1: the stuff, or do you think it was going on before with Babcock?
3: Well, it wasn't going on that I was there. I didn't see any of that. And at the time, quite honestly, I don't think one of the players there, like – some of the players that we had there I think some guys would have exploded over some of the stuff we had some characters there that would have said something but I um, mean yeah, I would have said something but I would have seen it I know that but I never saw that with Mule he was and at the time he was but then, then he got what happened to Mule he got into some concussion problems and I don't know if Babs thought he was yeah. you know, milking it or not but he obviously was and he was going through some tough times there. I saw I saw Mule a few years back and he wasn't doing very, very well oh is that right oh no? yeah, yeah he was really still struggling with all that stuff so he's mm-hmm. he's had some tough times lately
1: they called him mule. I forgot about that, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He had the <laughs> biggest hand I've ever seen on him. It was called Shrek. So it was funny. At the end of the year, he sent me a picture, and he was, he was a picture of Shrek. And I used to, I loved collecting stuff from when I played and the guy got this big picture of him with
1: Shrek from me. <laughs>
3: That's
1: funny. Yeah. I'm trying to think like he's, the Babcock would not do that stuff to Steve Eisenman, to Bob Nick yeah. Lindstrom, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. He knew, he, he, Babs knew
3: who he could pick on and who he couldn't, but you know, like we had a pretty veteran-based team there, so we didn't have many young guys, right? We right. didn't have. We had Darren Helm. We have you no know, year. Hudlitter was a younger player. After that, we didn't have a lot of young guys.
0: You also had Nicholas Cronwall, who hit like a friggin' truck.
3: That's right. Yeah, our defense there was amazing. We had Nicholas Conroll, Brad Stewart, Brian Rafalski, Nicholas Lindstrom. Then we had Lebda and uh, Lilia. Were like guys. That's right. oh, we had Charlie, we had Chelly too? We had Chelly there. Charlie, I forgot
1: Chelly was Yeah, we are defense. Was like- mm-hmm. Crazy how good they were. Yeah, it was good luck score. Chelly's legendary for drinking his beers. Chris Chelly too, isn't he?
3: Drinking it, riding the bike in the sauna, yeah. like, yeah, and stuff like that. He's still in fantastic shape. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's, he's he's a workout freak. We uh, out in L.A., these guys, rich guys, had a play a golf golf resort outside. Like I think in camera where it was. So we would all start off players at the end of the year. for so the Kings was going, then as guys got traded, they would have other teammates to bring them. So this golf event turned to like 50 people. And it's first time I met Chellios was at this event, and uh, yeah, he he liked that fun. Shelley. Oh yeah, Chellie didn't miss too many of those fun parties.
3: Yeah, he's yeah, he's, uh, he 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 played hard on and off the ice. Yeah, okay. that's right. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of fun, he was buddies with uh, Kid Rock. Did you get to know Kid Rock at all while
3: you were there? Yeah, you know it's funny you say that because I, I he came into Chellie's bar one night and he had this big fur jacket on and it was a hoodie on and he come, and he's just this tiny little person. Oh, he's tiny. Oh. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And it was like the bar, it was Chelly's bar. He had closed. We were sitting there having a couple of beers. And he'd come in after hours. And he'd buy with Chelly. I'm like, and his name's like Bobby or something yeah. like that. It's not like it some weird name like that. I'm like, the and he's just this tiny little guy, Kid Rock. But it was, it was kind of
1: neat to meet him. But right. <laughs> yeah, it was incognito that night. So uh, you win the Stanley Cup. You get to go back home with the Stanley Cup for a day. You went back, yeah. back home to Rosin, right? Yeah. The Red Wings
3: are awesome. They gave it to me twice that summer. They gave it to me twice. They gave it to me so a couple of days. Took them back home to my parents' farm in Rawson and where I grew up. And then they gave it to me in Traverse City again a couple months later. And I did the same thing because uh, they knew I was retiring, I guess. And
1: it just, yeah, it was awesome. So I mean, That's kind of been great. Eh? You have a 16-year career and you, you win the Stanley Cup and now you retire. Like, I keep thinking about that. think like the perfect story. Yeah. 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 I was,
3: yeah. I was done no more regardless, but yeah, what a way to end. You're right. I mean, yeah. Finishing the way I did and being able to share with my family and yeah. just, it was, it was awesome. Didn't yeah. they have a big parade back home too? Yeah, yeah, well, Ralston, there's nothing too big in Ralston. There's only like 3,000 people live there, but there was quite a few people came out. It was good. I brought it down and people could come together and get picture with it. And at Traverse City, I did a big deal like that and. It was kind of a fundraiser where I and I started a scholarship program up there for kids that play and that money goes into that. Still I still I still give money to kids everywhere just because of that situation I had with the cops. So it's pretty good. And your wife's from Traverse City. Is that how you settled there? Yeah, a little small town out there called from Leland. It's about twenty minutes outside of Traverse City. But yeah, she's from there. So we go back, we still are placed there. We go back in there in the summers and stuff. Right. You got four kids now. Four kids. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're all up and my daughter's engaged. My daughter's getting married in huh? spring this year yeah, as they are doing it at our house. So that'll be, that'll be fun. And look forward to that. Yeah. So- and they were you both your daughter's hockey players too? No, just my one. My one played uh, college hockey and then my oldest boy played and my, my, actually my third, my middle daughter, third daughter, she's a diver at the university of Omaha, Nebraska. So she right. dives there. Yeah. And then I got, I got my youngest son home and he's still here. So And even your wife, she was a basketball player, right? College? She was at Northern. Yep. Yeah. She was one of the top scorers there of all time. She could
1: shoot three pretty well. So yeah, she still claims she can anyways, but. that's yeah, So Dallas, he's got, has everything all planned out. So he's this wild man in college. Everything. So now he turns pro, gets his wife, gets everything all settled down. And yeah. Uh, a couple of crazy years earlier, there, or in the beginning of my career, right? yeah. Detroit's a fun town too. It'd be, a, it'd be a Red Wing playing in Detroit. Yes, it's you yeah. treated very well there. That's for sure. Yeah, and we lost our good friend Greg Johnson. What about? How long was that?
3: Yeah, four or five years. That? That's been a while. Back. Yeah, that was yeah, that was heartbreaking. Obviously, good friends with Greg, room with Greg. You know, I still I still you know his brother very well. He's yep.
1: doing very well back her. So yep. yeah, that was a uh, uh, tough time there. So it's yeah, I remember you called me. I was out in L.A. And I think Frosty had called you, right? The rumor yeah. went around that Greg yeah. lost his life. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I called, that I said, there's just no way. And that's what I called, I called his phone and then his wife picked up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. You know, you sometimes just don't know, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you know what it is? It's, you got to live your life all out too, right? That just comes yeah. to you that's you. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well,
1: listen, I, I'm glad you've
3: done well. Thank you for coming yeah. on the show. Thank, thank you for everything. I, 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 I enjoyed every minute of it i love talking to you and good seeing your face i haven't seen your face in a while and
1: thank you for everything you did for me as well it's it's, yeah i owe a lot to you so now i'll give him one one last story so i when i had hair i tried to spike up my hair and (laughs) i had seen dallas and i think it went this way where i saw him he didn't say anything at first then he got on the phone later he gets on he goes (laughs) q-tip i go what 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 what's q-tip you started calling me Q-Tip. I think I shaved my head pretty quickly after that. <laughs> you remember that story?
3: Oh, yeah. I, I, I always remember calling you that. You always brought it up, too. So, shit.
1: Oh, that's funny. Oh, I died laughing. Just again, it was one of those things, like, he, he didn't say anything else. You just, Q-Tip.
3: <laughs> well, I, anyway, so I, I tell people all the time, I appreciate everything you did for me because you were a straight shooter and you always know, played in the league and all that kind of stuff, but, like, anytime I had one of the calm you'd always set me straight and tell me to you know, freaking shut up and go play or something that. Well, you were good you gave me straight you, you told me the truth. and a lot of ages at that time didn't do that kind of shit. they try to do, they do tell you exactly what you want to hear and that
1: that's what you didn't do and that's what yeah. I appreciate about you the most so. well i think it's because of you you were too I don't think I could do that to everybody but I knew that's what you needed and you could handle it too like you yeah thing, so. yeah great job you yeah. had fantastic great I do mean it I, more than anybody else I think I've ever seen you got more out of your career than, than anybody well, wow. thank you very much. I appreciate it, bud. Yeah. Please tell your wife, Amy, as well. I will. my right, brother. Good talk. Someday we we'll get back up to Northern Michigan. I think they're planning on having a big reunion they the gap, A couple of years. You
3: better be there for that one. Okay. A few more years, you're in a big one. So you better Definitely. Be there. Yeah, he'll be there. That'll be the Laidlaw statue unveiling.
1: Yeah, statue unveiling. That's right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, brother. Great <laughs> to see you. See you, bud. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs>
0: Hey, Tom, that was great. We had two Northern Michigan Wildcat
1: legends on one show. I mean, I don't think that's ever happened before, has, has it? I don't think so, no. And he is a legend, too. Man. Not just as a player. Uh, obviously, had a great career in the National Hockey League. Won a Stanley Cup, Troy Redwigs, and had a fantastic career at college. But he, the kind of person he is, too, like he's a father, uh, uh, he's he just has gotten more out of it. And it's kind of the way he lives his life, he's gotten more out of his life out of his career than most most people I see. He just went all out yeah. to whatever he had to do to play in the National Hockey League. Good, dude, good. dude. He's a lot of fun. Is your number retired at Northern Michigan? Uh, they don't retire the numbers there. I'm in the Hall of Fame there, the Northern Michigan. Hall
0: of okay. Fame is Dallas Drake in Hall of Fame too, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I'm pretty
1: sure he is too. Yeah. Recently, my old buddy was a coach up there. I played with him. Walt Kyle got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay. And uh, go to the story. Uh, I can't remember the story, but so I was the cap four-year captain there. Walt came in, uh, had to sit out a year, he transferred from Boston College. Uh, and uh, Great work ethic. So before he even played a game, they made him the captain as well. So the coach called him his office and said, "Listen, there's no, no, uh, no, no, no way to look at this. This is Tom Laidlaw's team. He's the captain. But well, I want you to follow him around and protect Tom Laidlaw." <laughs> sure. Oh, really? I didn't know this until and he's telling this the induction speech. I uh, kind of like take care of me because I because you know, you're breaking sticks over your head and you're yeah. you know. Beginning. So this was on a Wednesday, and then I, on a Friday night we went into this local bar. And back then there was an Air Force base close by, so we get into this huge brawl with these Air Force guys. Oh no, boy, yes and Walton stayed to be part of it and uh so early Saturday morning the coach heard about this and he called Walton he says I just told you on Wednesday to take care <laughs> of two him. days days yeah Walton was. um how do you say it uh listen I followed him I I I What ahead I do I protected him but there's nobody there's nobody he's going to ever follow that guy <laughs> and he does those story and he tells the Dutch speech he sent me a copy of it and he says uh, says anybody knows that guy they will know exactly what i'm telling the whole crowd he just broke broke up i yeah, <laughs> was not cool. going to listen there's no containing this guy oh god it's, but it's you know it's so funny years later to realize that that's the way people were looking at you yeah yeah but great we, great gave daly on he's uh fantastic yeah he uh he told the story I, I won't get it he wants to listen to the show he, he tells a great story about uh, when he was a free agent we were signing with the yep. same it was a whole day long he got a little emotional well, okay. let me let me
0: ask you this: when when you were his agent and you're in back uh, in northern Michigan recruiting him, would you like, "Hey, I got to
1: keep an eye on this guy; I don't want him to, you know, go crazy here in the bar like you did ten years." Uh, ago. You know what? Honestly, I I didn't think that way until my sons went off to college, and I thought they do the things that I did in college. Right? Man, it's, it's gonna be a long four years. Did they? Uh The worst thing my my oldest son Shane's a fantastic student, real gentleman, but he had fun like everybody else to drinking and partying and stuff. So they, they were drinking at their dorms all time. Him and his buddies, and they went to go into a, get into a bar, and they wouldn't let him in because they were too drunk. So, he tried to sneak in the back door, and he got caught by the cops. Now, at oh. a place like Michigan State where he went, uh, they can do a breathalyzer, even from not driving. I think it's just a method to kind of scare the kids. So, they put him in the backseat of the car. They really made a big deal about it. They put him in the backseat of the car, have him do the breathalyzer. And he's called me the next day, and he's crying. He says, I've ruined my life. And I'm not all right. right. I'm that that's the worst he's going to do. Like, it's, it's a parking So the scare the scare tactic worked on him. Yeah, he did. So I had to pretend that I was like the mean, the the mad father. Like you will ever act like that again. You know. Meantime, I'm back laughing at myself. He's okay. (laughs) This kid's gonna be okay. Wait. So he went to Northern Michigan, also. No, Michigan State. Sorry. Oh, Michigan State. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So he went to Michigan State because you guys were living in Michigan at the time, right? Uh, No, we weren't. We're actually back here. Um, We moved. Uh, Actually, Rick Comley, my old coach, was the hockey coach there. So um, he didn't change his grades. My son's grades were excellent, so he didn't have to. Pull some strings to get him in, just bring right to the top of the line. Uh, so he sure he's got to get in. But he had the grades to get in. So I will I never forget his dying laugh because I'm thinking, oh, this is this poor kid. He's he's like he screwed up his life. I right. did that every weekend. So yeah, but you just you, you want them to. That's a tough love. You yeah, know? totally. And and, uh, hopefully yeah. it works. And where'd your other son go, Cody? Where would he go uh, He went to Pace University here locally. Gotcha. Take that's not. School. He was uh, he was not a good student, and he acknowledged it. So he went for one semester. Uh, it was a total disaster and he just, he got, he went to work and just, uh, and he's doing great now. Yeah. yeah. really, he's a self-taught guy, very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, the two different thing, things. Like Shane really thinks that college was necessary for him. Whereas Cody's done well without college and. College is very overrated. Yeah, there it is, right? It, yeah. It, it, in a lot of ways it's a scam. Um, it's really
0: overrated. If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, yeah. I get it. But like a liberal arts degree, like I have, I don't even know what kind of degree you have, like bowling <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got, I mean, did you
1: need it? Yeah. No. Yeah. I was a speech major. Uh, ultimately, uh, I was a, yeah, I was a business wow. major. Yeah. And then uh, we had this one teacher who uh, was a big hockey fan, uh, who taught speech classes, like the actual getting up, making presentations. And uh, funny, they had one, you know, back then obviously, was on computers or anything. So they had things where they, people would print out flyers, uh, different jokes, or funny things. So they had this flyer that was sent uh, one day with the different personalities in the men's bathroom. <laughs> Like one guy was really tough he's banging his penis against the side of the urinal stuff stuff so i took that uh, i didn't prepare for my speech class it was after practice went there's there a bunch of adults in it and everything so i made this speech of, of a, the personalities in the men's bathroom he's ready and, yeah okay yeah well, i added to it a little bit you know. yeah and the uh, teacher gave me a c he says he got i got an a for presentation and an f for preparation there you go absolutely so, okay. that's, that's probably fair right yeah fair and i had fun i was laughing and yucking it up so fast
0: that kind of sums up your, not your hockey life, but the rest of your life though. Like, you know, I'm not I'm going to just plow through. I'm not going to, I'm yeah, going to do a good job but right. I'm not going to prepare. I'm just going to go.
1: So <laughs> isn't it true. I'm so much better too. when I don't think about things too much. Like I think when I got into the agent business, if I really had like, I was smart enough to know what I was doing, but if, if I was any smarter and analyzed anymore, I wouldn't have done that. I would have scared myself to death. I was know. Right. it. Analysis paralysis. Did you have somebody doing like your research, <laughs> excuse me, or like scouting for you guys that worked? was there a team that well, you. I was lucky again. I just retired, right? So I knew a lot of people, a lot of scouts um, and coaches, and that. So I was able to network pretty good about people. Say, okay, who should I recruit? Who are these top players coming up? So instantly, I had it. It takes years for some people to build that up. For me, I had it instantly. So that really helped me a lot. It, it, guys like Glenn Hanlon um, that told the story. He was a scout with the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, one of my best friends, best teammates ever. We got not get him on the show. Uh, yes, absolutely. And uh, he, uh, so we were in Tacoma, I believe it was in the. He had a goaltender that was drafted in the ninth round, Jason Fitzsimmons. Um, he already had an agent, uh, drafted already. So, we're waiting outside the locker room after. Glenn, I didn't know he was going to do this. He introduced me to the young man, and uh, he said, you yeah, have an agent? He says, yes, yeah, Art Breeze. Art was a really good guy, too. And he said, well, this is your new agent, Tom. I didn't. That's, that's how I got my first client. Mafia move right there. Yeah.
0: Glenn Thanks for I the know. tip right there.
1: Yeah, so here's the coach or the scout for the team that drafted. You can't say no. No. You go with this guy yeah don't ask yeah. this look kid. and then and that leads us to <clears throat> our guest
0: who was great today and your yep. client <clears throat> excuse me dallas drake did now did with the northern michigan connection
1: obviously helped him yep, because definitely walt well, kyle was actually up there coaching um so uh he there's two or uh, three really good players there's jim hiller who's an assistant coach now and i don't know where he is I think. he played in the nhl yeah I played a little bit yep uh played in la yep. uh so it was dallas drake jim hiller and scott Beatty, the smaller guy uh and so jim hiller Walt was good friends also with another agent well before I got in the agent business, uh, Donnie Meehan in Newport sports. Sure. So he kind of, you know, he spread it out. He gave me Dallas. Jimmy Hiller actually may have been a highly, uh, uh touted, uh, fruit, uh, or draft pick already, uh, bigger kid, good shot. And I mean, not as good a skater as Dallas. So Jimmy Hiller went with, uh, with Donnie Meehan and then I got Dallas Drake and Scott Beattie, I believe Scott Beattie, was, I don't think anybody thought that Scott Beattie was gonna play in the NHL, the smaller guy. Never forget, smoking cigarettes all the time too. Jesus. Oh, why didn't you sign roller hockey legend Tony Zabo off that squad? Because I think he
0: scored forty goals that
1: year. They won yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't think he. Everybody thought he was going to play in the National Hockey League that time. Yeah, a little smaller, a little slower. Yeah. Big, big, I know he played in Europe a lot. He, he was a
0: kid with big ears too. Didn't he have big ears? I don't recall. He was just a really good roller hockey player. Once put a puck through the boards at Chelsea Piers. That's had a Hard shot, really hard shot.
1: Yeah, That's a
0: good uh, team. They won the national
1: championship in 1990, 1990 I think went 91. 91. And you have they beat in triple overtime mm-hmm. to win boston university and whose star player was
0: i don't know walt Cadell, oh, tony Amante, tony Amante. oh that's right he was the big star stud on that team and they they took him in, in overtime i think they scored like 12 seconds or real quick and in, into third
1: overtime but going i think what dallas do like he's really good friends with uh keith kuchuk so a lot of people at the time didn't like walt he was like uh i think he's like a i don't know what his personality whatever people I said to Dallas one time, I said, "You sure you want to be friends with him?" And he defended him. There was no hesitation. He didn't care what anybody else thought. He was loyal. That was his guy, and gonna kind of, and they've stayed friends. Uh, to this. All, all of it. yeah, he said that. He said yeah, that's one of his best friends, and all of his teammates defend Keith uh, Keith Kachuk. Like, yeah, want a
0: great guy. And they said nobody was better than him. With people in the clubhouse, people on the team, yeah. and they said he took care of everybody. Yeah. So that's that Austin like personality, he's you know. Allergic, he's allergic to those bee sting, so swollen. Yeah. Again, see this is where the this is where the height bully and the size no it's bully it's, it's because you, your head it's because you care about somebody It's it's just not healthy for you to be like not a, Well, Big Walt, if you're listening, Tom would love to work out with you. He gets up at three thirty and goes to the gym at four. It'll help
1: out, and uh, you know, he'll, he'll get you on the right track. Oh man, I made a dish the other day with my Sunday cooking show. I made pasta with salmon. It's a creamy pasta with some cheese in it, spinach, uh, uh, sun dried tomatoes. Oh my lord, what a way to start the new year
0: off! Especially with this episode with your former client and Stanley Cup champion, Dallas Drake. Dallas Drake, the man that got the most out of his career. Right and if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review, share the podcast, tell your friends, listen up. Send us a, an email at fullchangepodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, book Tom with that email as Tom, well. we will sing, we will uh, dance,
1: we will do some workouts, some cooking oh. shows. He'll hand out oversized checks to your organization if you need that. Oh, give a speech. event. Good job by Ali Gurland, I believe it is, we're Garden. Happy, happy yeah, everybody. Happy. happy New Year. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. What a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.